This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Right now we want to talk about a story that we saw the headlines for this over the last couple of days. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's about a man named Wally Conran who invented the Labradoodle. This is one of the world's most popular dogs. You know, the cross between a standard poodle and a Labrador retriever. He now considers that breed, though, to be his life's regret. He talked about the creation of the Labradoodle while appearing on the Australian Broadcasting Program's podcast, Some of All Parts. When I say I opened a Pandora box and released a Frankenstein monster, I released the reason for these unethical, ruthless people to breed these dogs and sell them for big bucks. That's my big regret. When I'm out and I see these Labradoodles, I can't help myself. I go over them in my mind and look. I don't say anything to the people. I look at it thinking, has it got hip dysplasia? Has it got elbow problems? Has it got any other problems I can see? I find that the biggest majority are either crazy or have an hereditary problem. But I do see some damn nice Labradoodles that are steady, just like I'd bred. But they are few and far between. That was pretty harsh, wasn't it? I mean, that is Wally Conran, the man who invented the Labradoodle, where he now says that is his life's regret because of all the overbreeding that happened as a result of that. So the topic of overbreeding and designer dogs is unfortunately a familiar one to our next guest. Dr. Stanley Corrin is a professor emeritus of psychology at UBC and the author of many books about dogs, including one of my favorites, How to Speak Dog. Dr. Corrin joins us now. Uh, Thanks for being back with us today. Good to be here, Simi. Now, you wrote about this, I think it was back in 2014, about the overbreeding of dogs, didn't you? Uh, well, actually, I wrote about uh, a uh, an interview which I had with Wally Conran. Uh, uh, I had actually had that interview a couple years before I wrote the article. And uh, and I was surprised at his his uh, response. Uh, but when he when he mapped it out to me, uh, it became very clear as to what he was he was worried about. You see, he was in charge of a breeding program in one of the guide dog organizations in Australia, and a woman had uh, come to him um, for a guide dog, but she had a problem. The problem was that her husband was very allergic to uh, to dog hair. And Conrad's first thought was, well, you know, that's not a problem. Um, uh, you know, we'll train a, uh, a poodle to be a, uh, a guide dog. Poodles don't shed, and uh, so they're hypoallergenic. And, uh, and he tried to do that. He, he went through, you know, a couple dozen um, uh, attempts. Uh, the problem is the, the poodle um, has some temperamental problems, it's it's a little bit too bright for the work, and it gets distracted. And if you get distracted, of course, you're a lousy guide dog. Yeah. Um, so he then, in desperation, figured, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll we'll cross a poodle uh, with a good working uh, Labrador Retriever, 
and uh, maybe we'll get lucky and get a dog who who has the the mind and the temperament to be a guide dog, but also, also non-shedding. And uh, so what he did is he, he made that cross, and they had three pups. Um, and uh, uh, it later turned out that one of those pups was hypoallergenic and eventually became the guide dog that the woman needed. Um, but in the meantime, um, guide dogs are, are homed, sort of taken care of by by people right. uh, for the first, you know, depending upon the organization, first six to 12 months of their of their lives. Um, so they went to put these dogs out for adoption. And uh, uh, and and it turns out that the, the people who, who normally adopt these guide dogs uh, and keep them for a year or so um, are a little bit snooty. And uh, they all wanted a um, a purebred dog, so um, uh, you know the media people came back to them and said, you know, well, what do we do about this? We've been advertising this; nobody wants this, these 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 mutts. Um, and he said, well, just tell them that we have created a new breed, a hypoallergenic breed, and it's called the Labradoodle. Well, the moment that they did that, everybody went crazy. You know, everybody wanted a Labradoodle. <laughs> it was a designer dog then, right? Exactly. It was a, and uh, but the 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 real problem with these dogs is that that when you have a cross, a first degree cross, uh, you never really know what you're going to get. So, you know, in that first litter, only one of the three dogs was was hypoallergenic. And his second litter had, if my recollection is correct, around 10 dogs. Uh, and only three of those were hypoallergenic. Um, so, you know, the the real purpose of, of doing this breeding um, uh, was to get the hypoallergenic dog. Uh, but without testing, you can't tell which of the dogs, you know, meets right. that criteria. Um, however... You know what happened is that these then became this flashy new toy. You know, it's uh-huh. like like the, the like the newest form of car or something. The new like fashion that. accessory that everybody wanted. That's right, and so uh, and a whole lot of people found that they could you know start to do backyard breeding or in some cases even sort of puppy milling these things, um, and and selling them as you know. Um, uh, you know these these special designer dogs with hypo, but but the 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 point is that none of those dogs were tested, and so you know you you don't know if you're you know if you're buying one of those things whether you're getting a hypoallergenic dog or not. Furthermore, because they are designer dogs, if you will, <laughs> they began to charge fantastic prices. You know you some of these labradoodles are selling for two or three times. Uh, the cost of getting a purebred poodle or a purebred lab, and uh, and as I said, you're getting this pig in the poke. And one of the reasons is they also don't test the parents. You see, poodles have have uh, some hereditary problems in some lines, like Addison's disease, which can cause seizures and and an early death and all that sort of thing. But, you know, they don't test it. You know, they just, you know, it's a poodle. We'll we'll mix it with a lab and and that kind of a thing. 
and it, it's but there it's basically just just you know printing money uh, by uh, breeding these dogs, and Conran really felt you know uh, when I spoke with him he really felt you know quite angry at this sort of thing that that this sort of special purpose dog which he had bred and trained was now being turned into into some sort of money market thing. Furthermore, it what it did was it it, it triggered. Um, uh, a whole lot of other people uh, to start making other poodle yeah, crosses. You know, ones. so you get golden doodles, which are golden retrievers and poodles, and schnoodles, which are miniature <laughs> schnauzer and a poodle. And I, 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 you know, just to look at this dog makes me slightly sick. But a rudel, which is a Rottweiler poodle thing. But then you know, people said, "Hey, wait a minute! You know, yes, this poodle business is great over there, but but maybe we can uh, get a different kind of designer dog, which will, um, you know, garner some money." Right. And so and so, you began to have uh, 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 people uh, doing things like crossing a. Uh, a beagle, which is you know, is a smaller dog. Yeah, he's a small dog, and he's very sweet, and they're sturdy, and all that sort of thing. Very popular dogs, uh, but in terms of trainability, they are seven from the bottom. Okay, um, and crossing them with a pug, who is also not a particularly outstandingly genius dog, uh, but also has a great problem in that they 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 snore. Uh, because they have uh, those little push faces, right. uh, um, you know, obstruct the airways and that sort of thing. And so, you know... <laughs> Where do we draw the line? That, that's what I'm wondering when I listen to you. Is, it, is everybody just allowed to breed whatever two combinations they want to? And doesn't this result in just too many health problems for these dogs? There are, there are, there are no criteria. Okay, you know, you know the, the the people who created this this sort of beagle pug thing, which by the way they call a puggle, mm. so it gives you a dumb dog who snores. Um, uh, but th- no, there's the you know we would call those normally you know mutts or mongrels or crossbreeds or something like that. But because they're deliberately bred, these people can say no, they're designer dogs. These this is a special new breed and charge more money. And charge. That's right. And and you know, <laughs> what always drives me crazy is you know, I, I still teach uh, uh, with a nonprofit dog obedience uh, training club, the Vancouver Dog Obedience Training Club. Um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, every year or two, we have somebody come in over there and say, well, this is a purebred uh, Labradoodle or Golden Doodle or something like that. And you know, there's nothing purebred about it. It's yeah. Just, it just, uh, you know. Uh, uh, in some cases, a totally random cross, which happens to, to you know, fit this designer right. label. You know, Dr. Korn, it's a fascinating topic. We're going to have to have you back on soon to talk more about it. But listen, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. That is Dr. Stanley Corrin, Professor Emeritus of Psychology at UBC. He's really a dog specialist. We've had him on many times over the years. Uh, one of his favorite books of mine is How to Speak Dog. I love that one.